I'd like to welcome all of you to worship as we gather together across time and space and place uh, this day to worship our Lord together. As you can hear in the background, I have um, a, I've, well, I actually have two special guests. You've only heard one. So we have Leslie, who is with us, and then Chauncey, my dog, who is also with us. Um, Leslie and I uh, got COVID last week, and so she and I are quarantining together. Uh, we're both doing well. We both were, uh, we're grateful that we both had mild cases, and uh, because of her age, Leslie has to do a full 10-day quarantine, which is up Sunday morning. Um, and we are grateful that um, my husband has not gotten uh, COVID either, but that does mean that Leslie gets to hang out uh, as a part of this recording. So uh, thank you for uh, your patience, as I'm sure she will want to uh, add her own comments to everything. Let us begin our worship. Blessed be God, the one who forms us, Jesus who bears the cross, and the Spirit who makes our joy complete. Amen. Let us bow before God in humility, confessing our sins. Steadfast and faithful God, you have revealed the ways of justice, yet we fail to follow you. We are afraid to risk what we have for the sake of others. For the harm we have caused, known and unknown, forgive us. For the unjust demands we place on others in your creation, forgive us. For the ways we turn away from you and our neighbor, forgive us. Lead us back to you and set us on the right path. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Beloved in Christ, God's justice stretches beyond all understanding. God's compassion is beyond compare. In Jesus, God is always making a new way for us. In Christ, you are already and always forgiven. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord God, enliven and prepare your church with your perpetual mercy. Without your help, we mortals will fail. Remove far from us everything that is harmful and lead us toward all that gives life and salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading today comes from Romans, the 13th chapter. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit an adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, and how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and, li and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh 
to gratify its desires. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As a stereotype, we, and I include myself in this, Midwesterners of largely Northern European and Scandinavian descent, Scandinavian descent are not known to deal with conflict well. Some of the stereotypes about those of us who fall into these demographics are that we are conflict avoidant, we are sometimes passive aggressive, and we almost never say what we truly mean until it's too late and arguing and yelling have commenced. Now, not everybody falls into these stereotypes, but regardless, conflict is something that is hard for many, if not all of us. And navigating conflict has not been made easier with the advent of social media. And I'm not knocking all of social media. There are wonderful aspects and uses for it. But one of its drawbacks is that it has not made navigating conflict easier. And so here we have in Matthew what sounds like some good, solid, practical, step-by-step instructions from Jesus about how to navigate conflict. This is probably one of the few places in the Bible where Jesus speaks as directly and as plainly as he does. This is one of the few places in the Bible where we get step-by-step instructions from Jesus about how to deal with a situation. So how are we doing with following this? Well, if you're like me, I can sometimes manage that first step of going and talking directly with another person, but not always. And if that first step doesn't work, it's all right. And if that first step doesn't work, I'm much more likely to talk about the other rather person rather than to the other person. The next question, though, is how do I, how do we, React when I am the person who has caused harm to another and they come to me to tell me about it. Am I willing to listen without being defensive? Am I willing to admit that I caused harm? Am I willing to live into the reality that while I may have intended one thing or perhaps this person only heard a portion of what I said and so it's out of context, am I willing to honor that their pain is still real and it deeply affects them? Am I willing to make amends? Am I willing to potentially sacrifice being right for the sake of the relationship I have with the other person? Am I willing to live into the reality that I am both a person who has been sinned against and a person who sins against other people? No one likes 
to be wrong. And I also believe that nobody wants to cause harm. These are things that happen because while God's kingdom has indeed come to us in the person of Jesus Christ, it is also not fully realized here on earth yet. So there will be conflict, and we have to deal with it, even if we don't want to or even if it scares us to do so. Jesus didn't offer these directions just for good moral teachings. Actually, none of Jesus' teachings are just about good morality. All of Jesus' teachings are about relationships and seeing each other as a person whom Jesus loves and as a person for whom Jesus died. We don't follow any of Jesus' teachings just to try and be a good person. We try and follow them because that is our response to God's immense love for us first in Jesus Christ. And I think that is what Jesus is trying to say when he tells us, For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. We are never alone in our conflicts. Whether those conflicts are in between people or the conflicts we have with the unjust parts of society, Jesus is present in them. And what happens when Jesus is present someplace? It means we don't have to fear conflict We don't have to fear being wrong, and we don't need to feel superior for being right. Because with Jesus present, it isn't about those things. It's about reconciliation and relationship, because Jesus took care of all of those things. He did away with our fears of conflict, our fears of being wrong, that superiority feeling we have sometimes when we're right. He took care of all of those things on the cross. And because Jesus lived and died and rose for all people, this is about relationship. And so we are free to believe people when they bring something up that causes them pain and not feel threatened by it. Whether that's pain that you or I may have caused or pain that just happens in the world when people critique the the systems and society that we live in. And you and I are also freed to share our pain and to not live in fear about what feathers it may ruffle. Now, you may be saying to me, Pastor Liam, this is all very idyllic, but this is not how this world works. To which I say, never forget that you are baptized. And in your baptism, you are forever bound in relationship to Jesus and to each other and to this whole world. In baptism, God, through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, has forgiven you all of your sins while also forgiving everyone else of all of their sins. And this frees all of us to love each other deeply and without fear. Never forget that you are baptized and that Jesus has done it all. Never forget that you are baptized and that Jesus loves you and the whole world completely. Never forget that you are baptized and that Jesus is with you wherever you go. Amen. We'll sing together the hymn, Wash, O God, Our Sons and Daughters.
living together in trust and hope, let us confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, and the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Gathered together into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. God is at work in you. Thanks be to God.